all of the Gospels start just a little bit different. And we understand that two in particular were extremely qualified to write down a, I want to use the word legal record of Christ, of the things that happened. Uh, But I want you to take a look at Matthew chapter number one. He begins off uh, with the genealogy. And then uh, whenever he finishes that up, he says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. That means that this is the historical record. This is how it happened. Now turn to Mark chapter number 1. Hold your spot. We're going to be back in Matthew in just a minute. Mark in chapter number 1. Mark dove right into it. He said at the beginning, of the gospel is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And then he began to write about the prophecies and about John the Baptist. And then on down about Jesus in verse 9. But he jumps right into it. He don't make any, uh, any kind of comment, anything to justify uh, his validity and how qualified he is to, to write this record. And then you turn over to, uh, well, let's go to John before we go to Luke. The gospel of John chapter number 1. John begins off, and we can all quote that scripture he says, in the beginning was a word, and the word was with God. Uh, excuse me, and the word was God, and the word... Whoo, start over. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him were not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and life was the light of men. <laughs> and in verse 6, he said, there was a man sent from God, whose name was John. And he dies right off into... John the Baptist. Now go to Luke chapter number 1. You can tell that of the three, Luke was the most actual educated person that we see. uh, Simply by the language and by the blessed detail that he ties into the beginning of his writing. He says, Bless you for as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. And he said a mouthful to say a lot of people have wrote about this. He said a mouthful. Luke was considered to be a a Dr. Luke, a beloved physician, an educated man, someone who had a little bit of stature in the community. Uh, Remember, I was talking before church. He said, how many books must have been written about the things that happened? And that's what Luke said. He said, for as many have taken head and set forth in order, a declaration of the things which are most surely believed among us. There's a lot of people writing about this. He said, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. And Luke starts off by validating himself, by saying everybody else has written about it. He said, but let me tell you, let me tell you what really happened. Let me tell you the, the way it actually is. And, and, and we believe that all four Gospels were inspired of God, but, but obviously, according to what Luke wrote, there's a lot of books that weren't. There was a lot of records that weren't. And, and different scripture and, and different Gospels have things in it that others didn't. We understand that Jesus usually traveled as a group. Sometimes everybody was with him. Sometimes everybody wasn't with him. Sometimes Jesus would give an account after the fact. that No doubt God inspired these men to, to write these words. But we understand that, that that is the reason that there can be just a little bit of difference between the Gospels. 
Now back to Matthew chapter number 1. We're going to look at the genealogy of Jesus and, and I'm not going to read all the begats. I do believe that they're all important and I'm not skipping them because they're not. I'm skipping them because half of them I cannot pronounce. But I want to look at a few of them. Before we get started, Brother Randy raised a question last week. He said, you reckon anybody is still around that is kin to Jesus? I see that as a very, very valid point and, and I've looked at it and I've talked to people about it. And uh, if there is a record... I didn't find it. But I have to believe that at least one of us in this room is probably kin to Jesus. How far back can you trace your family tree? Four generations? Five generations? Can anybody go six? I can't go six. Anybody go six? You can go six. Come on. I can go all the way back to Kennedy to come across. Come over here. The Mayflower. There's a book about it. Come on. Called the Kennedy Clan. There you go. Well, if you're like me, you can't. Uh, well, you can trace yours all the way back to Frank. That's what people keep telling me. <laughs> but down the line, we're mixed with a little something, right? How do you think we're kin to everybody? Everybody I meet. Oh, I'm kin to you. Everybody wants to be kin. I just don't get it. How are we all kin to each other? How, how does that work? Okay? So you have one person up here at the top now, back years ago, people had more than one kid. If they could, people had... My great-grandmother was one of 20, 21. whole slew of them. Everybody had piles of kids. So whenever that one branch splits, it splits 20 times. Now, if each of those kids had a dozen... Let's say a dozen. That's an easy place to start. Everybody had farms to work. So if each of those 20 had a dozen, and then each of those dozens, let's say half a dozen for the sake of argument, each of those dozen had a half a dozen. And then each of those half a dozen had a half a dozen. Each of those half a dozen had a half a dozen. And three or four generations, you end up with, with a lot of people. So how many generations has it been from Christ to today? Considering people live on average 100 years, they usually have kids before they're 50. So you look at an average of 50 years, how many generations was between Christ and now? Forty? Okay. I don't know. I'm just asking a question. So if there were 40 generations between Christ and now, which makes good sense mathematically, and you start exponentially multiplying those generations, the first one, and we know that Jesus didn't have any, didn't have any kids, didn't follow any children, didn't take a wife, but Jesus' siblings did. His sisters, his brothers. So let's consider that those people fathered children or had children for the sisters. If they had a few, and then they had a few, and then they had a few, it's like dropping a, uh, it's like dropping a tea bag in a gallon of sweet tea. After a little while, what happens to it? It assimilates into the whole thing. That's the same thing as, as what I think happens with the gene pool. Eventually, nobody is, is any longer pure blood. Nobody is pure American. We all come from somewhere. And chances are, we all contain a little bit of something else. And I heard a guy say one time, he said, there's no way that we are kin to Jesus because Jesus was a Jew. Anybody ever had your bull get out of your pasture? Hey, go breed somebody else. It happens. It happens. We had red beef master all my life. Neighbor had a black Angus. One year we ended up with black calves. 
wasn't from our bull. The Jews say that the only way to be a Jew is for your mama to be a Jew. But they say that if your mama's a Jew, then you're a Jew. The daddy don't matter. However, genealogy is traced for the most part through the father. And we're going to look at that in a minute in Matthew and Luke. Genealogy is chased through the father, but, but your mother has to be a Jew for you to, in order to, by blood, be a Jew. So even if Jesus was kin to half the Jews, what happened after Jesus was crucified? What happened to the Jews? They wanted to all stay in one spot, right? In the book of Acts, we read everybody wants to stay in one spot. But what, what happened? What did God do? He said, no. He scattered them out. Which direction did they go? Oh, I don't remember where that's at. I think it's in the book of Acts. Paul was a... I know it was in the book of Acts. Paul was going to the... Uh, he was going east. He left on his, his missionary journey and he was going east. And he said that he had a mind to go east. And I looked that scripture up. I'll have it for you next week. said he had a mind to go east. That was his goal. That was his desire. That's where he was headed. But God sent him west. Now Paul was going north at this time. And instead of going east... God sent him west. Now, this is where he entered into Philippi. God sent him to Philippi. And that is where Paul's journey changed from China, India, everything east of where he was at to west. So instead of Paul carrying the gospel into Asia, he carried the gospel into what we know now as Europe. And so whenever he did that, he began to establish churches. And we read the, the letters to a couple of these churches around the, the corner there of the, the north side of the Mediterranean Sea, all the way around that corner. And so the gospel, whenever it began to push, it, it spread. The Jews were, were scattered, and several times throughout history they were. And a lot of them were pushed into Europe. Where did we all come from? I think we could be kin to Jesus. I don't know. I know that... Uh, that I have black hair, my mom has black hair, my dad has black hair, my brother has blonde hair. My other brother has brown hair. How do we know that we're not just a lighter version of, of a Jew? We don't. And, and, and I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate maybe, but whenever it comes to genealogy, we, we don't know. We have a written record from Abraham or even in Luke from... <laughs> From Adam all the way down to Jesus. But after Jesus, to answer your question, Brother Randy, we could be. But I don't know if we are. I'm not sure if the Thomases have that gene in them or not. But I digress. Matthew chapter number 1. I want to look at just a couple of names that, that we find in this genealogy. Now, I want to make one thing very clear that... Uh, the, the two genealogies we're going to look at, there is a little bit of speculation whenever it comes to who is who. And most of, of what I'm, I'm going to talk about tonight and kind of bring out is, the, uh, is accepted. Uh, now, the, the way that I was taught and the way that I understand in, in reading the Bible is that we have two separate genealogies in Matthew and Luke. They are not the same. The names don't match up. If you look, they, they, they just don't. So... Let me go ahead and turn over to Luke. Matthew is considered to be the genealogy of Joseph, the adoptive father of Jesus Christ. And then Luke, chapter number 3, tells us another genealogy, which is considered to be the 
Maybe it's Luke chapter number 4. Here we go, Luke chapter number 3. Which is considered to be and accepted by most the genealogy of Mary. Uh, because women most of the time were not put into these genealogies, uh, down here at the bottom, verse 23 of Luke in chapter 3, it says that uh, Jesus being about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph. Now, now he puts that in there because of the virgin birth. Which was the son of Heli. Now Heli is considered to be Mary's father. And so whenever this, uh, whenever Luke is, is tracing back the genealogy of Jesus, uh, the accepted thought here is that uh, it is the, the genealogy of, in fact, Mary. Uh, so whenever we're looking at genealogies, we have two records, and, and I printed out. Now there's a lot of graphics out there that don't look quite right. But from Abraham to, to David, they, they all look the same, or the ones that I found. And then from David to Jesus, they differ just a little bit. Uh, this is the closest one that I found to the Bible, but it shows Joseph and Mary. Uh, Mary coming from Luke, Joseph coming from Matthew, giving Jesus claim to David's throne on both sides. Because if Jesus was going to be born of a virgin, and his heir to the throne come through his daddy, could he have been king? He couldn't be king. So I think God worked it out this way for uh, for our benefit and uh, and also for his because Jesus was no doubt 100% the son of David. So we're going to look at this in Matthew uh, chapter number 1. First, I want to pick out just a couple of names. Uh, like I said, women most of the time were not, uh, were not put in genealogies, but in verse 5 we see one. And I believe that God put women in the Bible for a specific purpose. I believe that they were used for a specific purpose, and I believe that they were uh, honored because of that. And Salmon begot Boaz of Rashab, and Boaz begot Obed of Ruth, and Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Now we understand that Ruth is the great grandmother, or the grandmother, grandmother. Of uh, of David, and most of the time women are not put in genealogy. So why is Ruth? And then you read on down. Uh, it says uh, verse number six: Jesse begot David the king, and David begot Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. And he's talking about uh, Bathsheba. He had Uriah killed, and then you go on down, and, and you find uh, you find Rahab the harlot, uh, and I believe that these. These women were put in here for a purpose and, and that was to honor them, to honor the life that they had lived and the sacrifices that they had made specifically for Christ. So whenever we begin to look at Matthew, Matthew is bringing it in from Joseph's perspective. So he writes Joseph's genealogy and then whenever he gets finished in verse number 16, he said, And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, who was born... Uh, to whom was born Jesus, who called, who is called to Christ. So all the generations of Abraham to David are 14 generations, from David to the carrying away of Babylon, 14 generations, and the carrying away of Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Christ was on this wise. Whenever uh, Matthew gets into the birth of Christ, he don't go into the de detail that Luke has. He don't go into... Uh, well, well, we'll get to that in a minute. The, the Holy Spirit birth and, and things like that. He don't go into great detail. But Matthew tells it exactly like he saw it. 
exactly like Joseph saw it. He's telling this from Joseph's perspective. Uh, so let's read just a little bit here. He said, The birth of Christ was on this wise when, as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with a child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make a public example of her, was minded to put away her privately. Now, all of my life I have read this, and I have never understood that Joseph wanted a divorce. I never understood that. I never saw it. Uh, whenever the Bible says that he was minded to put her away privately, his thought was to put her away, to get rid of her, to split up because she was pregnant and it wasn't his. And he knew it wasn't his. The, the, and, and again, coming from Joseph's perspective, uh, before they came together, verse 18, she was found with the child of the Holy Ghost. And so Joseph's mindset was, Today we don't have betrothals. We have engagements. But think about Joseph was a man. Just, just like any of us. And if you're engaged, and a betrothal was a whole lot more than an engagement, but if you're engaged and you have never come together with your fiance and she shows up pregnant, can you, can you blame Joseph? He didn't want to make her a public example. He didn't want to shame her. He wanted to put her away privately. Now, there's two different ways that people look at this. Uh, one is that Joseph wanted a divorce. The other is that he wanted to hide her. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I would love input or opinion on it. Uh, but that's the two directions that, that I go with that specific scripture. Whenever Joseph said that he wanted to put her away privately, that was... And give me just a second. I'll explain why I think that that is... A, that that is divorce. Verse number 20, it says, And while he thought on these things, so he was thinking about it, he was considered about it, he was minded too. That's what his, that's what was on his mind. That's what his goal was. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save the people from their sins. Now when this was done, that it might be fulfilled, spoken unto the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child. And shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. And Joseph was raised from his sleep, did as the angel of the Lord bidden him, and took him, took unto him his wife. Now the reason that I believe that he was looking and thinking about divorces that said he was minded to put her away privately. But then, while he thought on these things, the, the Lord came to the angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. And then after that, he took unto him his wife. It didn't say that he decided to bring her out in public. It said he took unto him his wife. That's the reason that my mind goes that direction. But we understand that this took a dramatic amount of faith on Joseph's part. So many times we focus on Mary and how great Mary must have been. And in some religions worship Mary. But how much faith did Joseph have to have? This is a man who, who and it didn't say... It didn't say the angel of the Lord. It says an angel of the Lord came to him in a dream. We don't know who it was. Don't know what they looked like. The Bible didn't call her name. But, but this is a man whose wife or fiance showed up pregnant. And then an angel appeared in a dream and said, Hey, this is Jesus. The Holy Spirit has conceived in her child. If somebody showed up today and said, I'm a virgin, but I'm pregnant. And the Holy Spirit did it. The Bible was not written then. 
nobody knew what the Holy Spirit was. It, it, there's not a lot of writing about the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament. So what goes through Joseph's mind? How much faith did it take to be Joseph? Yes, it took a lot of faith and, and it took teaching and it took dedication to be Mary and, and to be that uh, to, to, to be chosen as the mother of Jesus is a great honor. But it wasn't just her. It was him too. It was a dramatic amount of faith and a dramatic amount of confidence that God put in this man that he chose him to be the adopted father of Jesus Christ. Verse 25, And he knew her not until she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And he references the prophecy in Isaiah Chapter 7, verse 14, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And then immediately following this, Joseph married. She brought forth her son and, and literally the name interpreted is God with us. Now we know because of John wrote it, he said that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. We understand that that Word is Jesus Christ and whenever he came down to this earth, his name was the prophecy fulfilled. God came down to be with us. And then whenever he departed, he left the Holy Ghost. He left the Holy Spirit here with us as a comforter. So we understand that God is still with us. But it was because of the, it was because of the faith that Joseph had, the faith that Mary had. It, it all come through them. And, and we see both genealogies played out because they are both important. Matthew is, is Joseph and Luke in chapter 3 is Mary because they are both honored of God. Anybody have any thoughts on the subject? You know, Mary Mary was a just woman. He was a just man. Absolutely. You, I don't... I, I want to say that under the circumstances, <coughs> if he had made it known that Mary, and Mary was uh, pregnant like that, that she would have been killed. She would have been stoned to mm-hmm. death under their laws. I, I believe that he had a a thought in his mind to put her away privately to keep that from happening because I believe that he knew what was going on because his wife told him. And uh, I think Joseph put a lot of stock in that because that was his patrol wife. And just to me, in my own mind, i got to say that Joseph was a mind to put her away privately. Let's see what's going to go on. Let's see what's happening here. And that's when the angel come to him and straightened him out. I think Joseph was having a problem with it for sure. I can't blame him. I, I just believe that he wanted to put her aside privately <coughs> to keep something. Keep to hide her. I, I think so. It, it was a death problem. Because they would have killed her. Oh, absolutely. They were stoned her to death just like they'd done Stephen during that same time. <clears throat> so it, it was, to me, I just think he wanted to put her aside and... and Keep it quiet until he could figure it out. <laughs> Before the age of social media, it was easier to hide those types of things. Yeah, I, you know, I, I believe he was a man of God. I think he was a man that could pray and seek God's wisdom. Mm-hmm. He needed some time to do that. Just all, me. All in robes were loose fitting and such. I, I believe that Mary did, I would think, being a woman, she would have shared with Joseph. Oh, yeah. The things that had happened between her and Elizabeth, and um, because she was at peace with it, mm-hmm. she was at total peace, I think. And I think, in my mind, I just believe that she shared some of this with her, with Joseph. 
Oh, yeah. Even though it's still, he was thinking about it, and he didn't know <laughs> how to handle it, I believe, because of the time, there could be lots of trouble with her being pregnant and not being married. And, um, but I just believe that he knew what was happening. I mean, yeah. if, if an angel came to Mary and told her what was happening to me, she would have shared with so not only did he have to have a tremendous amount of faith in God, but he had to have a tremendous amount of faith in his wife too. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's what I'm saying. He had a lot of faith in that woman. That wasn't just somebody that was thrown on him, you know. That was his potentially wife. Yes. So that's just like my wife when she comes to me and tells me something. I, I take it with a grain of salt. I listen. Now I may not, I mean, you know, but I do listen to everything my wife says to me. She says I don't, but I do. I pick out what I want to hear. No. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, your wife's conversation 